All right. Well, I just hope that we're not live because I don't want to mess anything up. Uh, well, just from now on, don't mess anything up starting now. Okay. Maybe you shouldn't record some of this because it's not going to be good. Uh-oh. Um, I'm trying to post this picture. I just, uh, you know, I picked up these headphones and that left and right thing. I, I don't, am I the only person, but it, it really stresses me out. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure like what happens if you put them on the wrong way. Like, is it this is scientifically designed for the left ear and the right ear? From what I understand, uh, it's, it's kind of like magnets. If you flip them around, uh, it pushes away. So your brain might actually melt. Yeah. Is it like uh, designed for the cerebral uh, vortex that, which is the left and right ear? <laughs> it's it's kind of like the flip before the bench press the centrifugal force that adds a little bit of strength to your bench it's kind of like the same thing but if you flip the headphones around your head will explode i wonder if it's uh anything like reversing the figure four leg lock ah you know they talked about this on joe rogan more yes. recently like when you when you roll over to your stomach you know rick flair <laughs> was the master of the figure four leg lock and uh when ricky steamboat would roll over to his stomach then it would reverse the figure four leg lock and then Ric Flair would be the one in pain the whole time. It's pretty amazing. Has that been proven though? Yeah, I well, you know, Bell Brothers have proved it many times over. I've been in the figure four leg lock uh, one too many times. The camel clutch, the Iron Sheik's camel clutch, that moves no fucking joke. Uh, the abdominal stretch, <laughs> that's a bad one. That one's hard to even get somebody into, especially if they're not like mobile at all. The abdominal stretch is a real motherfucker. Um, we used to do the rack in oh. in junior high. It's, and it sucked because I was super, I was always the skinniest yeah. one. So, hey, let me throw you in a rack. What's that? And then I'm up above <laughs> someone's shoulder. Yeah. Like, you know. The rack, I think like, uh, I'm not sure what, you know, how many different guys have used it. But I know like uh, Lex Luger used to use it back in the yes. day. Maybe somebody like uh, Big Sexy, Big Daddy Cool, maybe he used it. Because <laughs> a lot of the tall guys use moves like that there's certain moves that just you know that really uh hurt a lot then the camel clutch is one of them uh boston crab a mm. fucking boston crab yeah <laughs> that's no joke i don't even know if kids are doing that anymore they should be if they're are not. kids horking each other in some of these moves anymore they're just cyberbullying. kids even <laughs> using the word hork anymore i mean that's a valuable word that's for some reason i actually not. don't even know what that means i don't know i see i love it i that's love that cool. word i used to always uh refer to like my coach my my uh, football coach as horking his pants up too high ah, <laughs> <I> <laughs> he horked him he horked him up there too much he hiked him up too much you know we're gonna throw that in um yeah right off the bat rob edwards what's the benefit of a 10 minute walk Ah, yeah. So, you know, um, first of all, uh, in my opinion, uh, I won't get too far off the subject. I'll cut back to the 10 minute walk. But in my opinion, there's only a couple ways that you can really show yourself that you give a fuck about yourself in the first place. And that is a to spend time with yourself. Okay, so that's number one. So a 10 minute walk would help accomplish some of that. Uh, number two is to do something for yourself. So spend time with yourself is one thing. Number two is do something for yourself. So now we're killing two birds with one stone, which I've never actually done because that sounds actually kind of mean. But it sounds like we're killing two birds with one stone because we're spending time with ourselves and we're doing something for ourselves rather than just sitting around whacking off, which that could be beneficial as well. Uh, but in this case, we're doing something. Well, I guess whacking off could be kind of healthy. <laughs> <laughs> um, in this case, we're, uh, we're, we're knocking out, you know, a 10 minute walk and doing something that's healthy for us. So the 10 minute walk can help, um, 
stabilize blood sugar. It can help with your insulin sensitivity, which is a huge problem. A lot of people are insulin resistant, meaning their pancreas, their body functions normal. Uh, they're not type one uh, diabetes. They're not type two diabetes. They don't have any uh, diabetes quite yet, but they're starting to show sh- to show signs of being pre-diabetic by developing what's called insulin resistant. And over 120 million Americans suffer from insulin resistance. That's just our, our adults. Uh, there's children and, and many young adults now that are uh, having this issue as well. Your body produces insulin um, in a reaction to the amount of glucose that we take in, the amount of carbohydrates that we take in. We take in carbs, they turn into sugar in our bodies. Now, there may be a couple of things that I say wrong because I'm not a doctor. I'm not Lane Norton. I'm not Dr. Dominic D'Agostino. Some of these guys we've talked about, talked to for our movie. Uh, But this is my general understanding of how some of this stuff works. Uh, Glucose uh, comes into the body. A lot of times that will spike insulin levels. Uh, Protein has also been shown. Sometimes it can spike insulin levels when it's taken just by itself without any fat. Um, but it will spike your insulin levels. Now, spiking the insulin insulin level is a good thing because insulin usually signals, uh, you know, where these carbohydrates should go. And they're supposed to go to these cells. They're supposed to go to these muscle cells. Well, after a while, after you do that for years and years and muscle cells get full, uh, your body continues to produce lots of insulin and uh, the body gets confused on where some of this insulin should go or maybe it doesn't even get confused at all, but it just starts storing some of it as body fat as those other stores start to fill up. And uh, another issue with with, uh, producing too much insulin is that insulin can cause you to get hungry. Um, And then so you're kind of, you're in a state where you're eating foods that aren't nutrient dense. Um, We learned recently that being obese is a malnourished uh, situation, which who would have thought that? You would have thought you had plenty of nourishment from being fat and from eating so much food, right? But you're not getting the nutrients that you want. And so your body's still craving nutrient. Your body's still craving these things. Uh, but the Doritos aren't quite uh, covering your body's thirst for vitamin A, B, C, D, and so on. And uh, because of that, you're still fucking hungry and you're not eating things that are productive. You're not eating things that are satiating. Um, and you t- you're tend to store more and more fat as we get older becomes a bigger and bigger problem. Something like a 10-minute walk, in very simple terms, what a 10-minute walk can do for everybody in the United States and everybody in the whole entire world, rather, including my boy, Benedict Magnuson, who recently ripped off an 11-minute, I know, I know, everybody relax, the guy did a legit 11-minute Andrew, you look like you're in total disbelief. This is the guy that, that has deadlifted, uh, you know, 1,015 pounds in competition. So, I don't think without straps. Damn. Uh, this walk was done without straps. It was done to all the regulations. It was an 11-minute walk. He did it with his fluffy little dog. I saw at least a 15-second clip of it. So, I... I to me, that's verified. But there's not an 11 minute clip of it. <sighs> there's, you know what? I don't, I don't want to, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say that that way. But what I do want to say is that I am flying him out here uh, to Sacramento, West Sacramento, California, where Benedict Magnuson and I are going to do an 11 minute walk to prove to the world Dude, that it's possible. That's insane. I, I thought he did a great job with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. 
Anyway, the point of uh, doing this podcast, this style of podcast, is shorter format, uh, which who knows how long it will run because I never shut up. But uh, the point of this is to inspire you guys to get on your 10-minute walk. So hopefully, when this pops up on your iTunes feed, hopefully uh, it encourages you to get up off your couch and to get your ass walking. Now, the way that we're doing things now is we're filming everything live on YouTube. Uh, soon we'll probably be live on some other stuff as we start to figure this out more and we'll, we'll just, as we start to try to take over the world more but for now we're live on YouTube what I encourage all of you to do is not only be signed up uh, for YouTube because YouTube for some reason they don't have their shit together um, they don't always inform everybody all the time of these live feeds and it's a little bit harder to to know where to go all the time uh, I believe this is powerproject.live. Yes. Yeah. This is powerproject.live. If you want to just type that into your URL, we're trying to make it easier for you to find it. Um, but what I suggest, this is what I do with Joe Rogan's show, and I love listening to his show. He's He's got a lot of great guests on there all the time. If you're not following along with what they're doing, then you're missing out because Joe Rogan is advanced and he's uh, he's really doing some great things. And I'm, I'm inspired by the amount of activity that they have going on over there. But... Follow us on iTunes as well, because that's how I get informed of Joe Rogan's podcast. A lot of times, uh, that'll that'll make me uh, check out to see what else he's got going on. I might pop on his YouTube. And just the other day, when he had Pat Militich on, I caught the end of the Pat Militich conversation live. It's, there's something fun about watching these live. And so, for those of you watching right now, you get the honor of uh, checking this out live. And also, you get to interact with us. Uh, yeah, such as Vanessa Fernandez. She wants to know if you actually track calories and how many meals per day do you have? All right, Vanessa Fernandez. Here's the deal. I do not track my calories. I do not prick my finger. I do not pee on keto sticks. Um, I have done all of those things before. And what I used to what I used to do, and this is like, I used to do this with a lot of things. Um, I used to always want to like change people's lives well i don't want to i don't really want to change people uh i want to encourage people i want to inspire people and i want to excite people to try new things uh but i don't want to change you so if if you like writing stuff down and you like tracking stuff then just just track it it's not wrong to track it and I, and I, I've, you know, apologize that if I ever had that message uh, go across, you know, when you're young and you're trying to get these messages across, you get fired up and you don't think about the consequences of uh, some of the things that you might say. And so in the past, I'd be like, fuck that, man, you ain't got to track nothing. Mm -hmm. But if you like to track and if it makes you feel more sane, then who am I to tell you? And the other thing is, if you get results, you get results. Now, what I will say about tracking, tracking is a little bit like weighing yourself. In my book, The War on Carbs, plug, 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 mm -hmm. I explain um, that I like to weigh myself every day. For some people, this could be detrimental. For some people, this is not a great, this is not a great thing. It worked really well for me. Um, if, you're, if you're weighing yourself every day and you're crying three times a week <laughs> because uh, you're not happy with the results, uh, you know, number one is maybe you shouldn't be weighing yourself every day. Number two is you should get your shit together so that you're not crying so that you're uh, a little bit more excited about your results. Um, I've had months, I've had years where my body weight has been stuck. I've had weeks um, 
years, I guess maybe that's, well, no, I've had, I've had even years because the diet comes and goes, you go on and off the diet. But anyway, back to tracking calories. Ultimately, what I've learned from, uh, you know, interviewing all these people that are coming on the podcast is that if, um, whatever is going to get you the best results, whatever you can stick to for a long period of time. So if you're not used to writing down stuff, uh, I wouldn't all of a sudden out of nowhere start getting in the habit of it and mix that in with a really strict diet. You're going to be pissed. So if you feel like tracking stuff and you feel like that's something that's worked for you in the past, then by all means do it. Last thing I'm going to mention is remember, whenever you're starting any diet, let's not start in a reduced uh, calorie state. Let's just get used to the foods first. And then let's kind of move from there. And so hopefully that helps answer your question. You could track if you'd like, don't become too obsessed with it. Don't be, don't get all crazy about it. And, uh, my recommendation is that the first couple of weeks that you don't even track anything, you just get used to the foods and eat comfortable amounts of food. So you're not hungry. Hopefully that helped. Yeah. So being a 10 minute walk, we're already 13 minutes in. We can just split this up. Look at how, two. look at how that happened. Yeah. Especially because we're, we're getting some cool questions. Um, I got one about a test ester. Do you have a favorite? And what's this? I'm trying to, like, how do you like it compared to an ester like mm. Ethernet? Uh, yeah. <laughs> the, e the, the Ethernet. The Ethernet, yeah. <laughs> no, so there's, uh, yeah, testosterone and anthate. There's testosterone cypionate. There's uh, testosterone uh, propionate. There's a bunch of different versions of all these different things. And uh, some are fast acting, some are slow acting. Um, I, I never really noticed a difference uh, with any of them. Um, they're all testosterone. They've all helped me lift some big weights. Um I think it would be a preference. I think, you know, with the uh, faster ester, then you have to shoot it more. And so that's, uh, has to do with like frequency and, mm -hmm. and maybe that doesn't suit you. Maybe that's not something that you, uh, that you want to get into. You maybe don't want to uh, have to take it often because uh, it can be painful. Gotcha. Do you want to keep going with a couple more questions? <laughs> yeah, we might as well. We might as well keep going uh, in cool. that direction. All right. JTZR1. Along with him and someone on your Instagram, I seen, but basically he's asking how much better do you feel hundred pounds lighter and someone on, uh, I think your Instagram, basically it wanted to know like your strength difference being a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. So uh, I'll start out with the strength question first. Um, it's hard to give that an honest, it's hard to give that an honest answer. Um, I was really, really fucking strong when I was really big. Uh, but I also didn't do a lot of raw lifting. Um, go back and watch some of the videos i think it might be like the fuck your elbow video there's a shot in there of me benching uh five plates like it's nothing for reps and i think i want to say i did like five plates for like seven reps at one point but i you know i did weigh 310 or something like that um at one point my biggest was 330 i do recall a time as well where, where i was uh moving around like uh, maybe about 675 or so for some reps and squat and you know I, I definitely had a lot of strength you know for me to pull 675 and stuff like that uh, i was never a great deadlifter uh but for me to lift those kinds of weights uh wasn't hard and so uh, at that time, I was very, very strong, but I was also lifting in powerlifting gear, and I was also routinely squatting over a thousand, routinely benching uh, in the eight hundred pound range, and, and sometimes handling nine hundred pounds. I actually recall a training session where I benched twenty plates. Jeez. I lifted up, I, I benched, pressed twenty plates, ten plates on each side. Um, so I did a lot of extraordinary and a lot of crazy things, but I was also on a lot of, <laughs> also on quite a bit of stuff back 
back in the day. And, uh, you know, it was, um, it was compromising, compromising my health. But at the time, the, you know, at the time, the goal was the goal, you know, the goal was to be big and strong. And, uh, I, um, you know, luckily for me at the time, even though I was huge, um, I, I didn't have, uh, extremely high blood pressure. I didn't really run into that many complications. The only, I had some, I had some, I had some small complications that when I look back on them now, I think, wow, those were, those were bigger risks than I ever really considered. So I had trouble sleeping. Um, there was actually a three or four year period where I, where I didn't sleep very much at all. I think people think I'm kidding about that, but I, I literally didn't sleep much at all. And I think actually it's part of the reason, part of the, how I was able to come up with the slingshot. I, I think, uh, having my mind, being out of my mind a little bit, it kind of helped in some weird way. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that in terms of, uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of strength at that time versus now, you know, I would say that I would. I would have put myself at, uh, you know, benching well over 550 raw. I would say I squatted about 700 raw and I'd say I pulled about 700 raw. Whereas opposed to now, um, a 400 pound bench would be kind of hard right at this very moment, just because this is the lightest I've ever been period. And I haven't leveled off at this body weight yet. Um, and a 600 pound squat and a 600 pound deadlift. Um, I'm not, uh, in line for either one of those either. I'm probably more in like a 550 range if I'm being a hundred percent honest. I've been out of sorts with the deadlift quite a bit and, uh, squat wise, the squat feels good, but the strength is down quite a bit. So that's, I mean, that's some of the numbers, but they don't match up that great because of, uh, a, a million different reasons. Some of them being, uh, performance enhancing. Gotcha. So I don't know how. Jay Weber, something, something heard about it, but he's asking if the Eddie Hall interview is coming. Oh, the other thing is the, the, uh, the guy asked about how I feel. So oh, that's yeah, actually yeah. really important. So how I feel versus my strength, I feel fucking awesome. I feel like I'm in a good position to reposition myself to get stronger again. And so, uh, that is going to be something I'm going to focus on. I'll probably try to gain some weight back, uh, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, something like that. I definitely want to stand or 250 pounds. Um, so I feel like I'm in a good spot, uh, from a health perspective, I'm sleeping a lot more and a lot of these things are falling into place. I'm feeling really good with them. So hopefully, uh, I can, uh, get myself in a position where I can train hard enough to do you, do you get think stronger. That some of that is because now you're paying more attention to your body versus before when you're just you know 100 miles per hour trying to get that big lift. yeah i was competing you know and right. uh competing is not going to be healthy um and you're going to do any and everything you can to try to lift those big weights and that was the goal the goal the goal was to lift as much weight as possible that's no longer the goal the goal is to have fun have a great training session be intense um and uh what I, I'm trying to get something out of every workout when I'm trying to get is I'm trying to make myself better. So the goal is still to get better, but just in a different way. Mm -hmm. I want to look better. I want to feel better. I want to move better tomorrow. And so when you think about moving better tomorrow, then you can't just go in and completely wreck yourself as where when you, all you're thinking about is the weights that you want to move every day, you pour everything that you have into that and you're not fucking worried about tomorrow at all. As far as Eddie Hall goes, we are interviewing Eddie Hall very soon. Uh, coming up, I actually uh, just ended up scheduling it with him today. And uh, it should be, I'm trying to look at my phone. I want to say it's April something. Yeah, April, somewhere between a April 2nd and April 5th, somewhere in that zone uh, is where we, uh, we're, we're trying to narrow it down to. So um, actually, April, what the hell's today? 
Um, dude, that's not too far away. Yeah. So yeah, eight, yeah it's like just the twenty second today. Yeah, it's like uh about about two weeks away. Uh, we'll be interviewing Eddie Hall, and I think it's just a few days before he does his log press. And according Shit. to him, uh, once the log press is done, then he's he's uh, bowing out. Is what he's uh, kind of told me. So it'll be interesting to uh, to hear more from him. At, on a final note, to end this podcast and to end your ten minute walk. Hopefully this fired you up to get your ass moving um standing around on efforting has had me uh incorporating a little bit of carbohydrates into my diet i know <gasps> the war on carbs guys mm-hmm. eating some carbs right um so i've had uh and it's not every day it's not every night um but i will occasionally incorporate a japanese sweet potato if you never had one of those things they're fucking awesome really good um i just throw them in a pot boil it for about 30 minutes 20 minutes and that thing's done um i throw some butter on that bitch and i eat it with some steak um a lot of times i'll just eat half of it because these potatoes can be rather large uh, and i don't want all the extra carbohydrates and uh i'll have that maybe once a day i'll have an orange here and there i have about half an orange sometimes i'll have half an orange twice a day sometimes i'll have half an orange once a day sometimes i won't have the orange at all it just kind of depends on the day and the other thing i've been mixing in is some cranberry juice so I've been having cranberry juice. The cranberry juice helps to provide some iodine. The uh, orange juice helps to provide, now there's uh, potassium in uh, the, the uh, orange juice and the cranberry juice as well, but um, I'm having very small amounts of both and it's mainly just for their nutrients and not for, not for really anything else. And so uh, that's been going really good so far. Also fructose uh, can kind of stoke the liver. That's where T3 and T4 are made in from what i gathered from stan again i could be saying that wrong i ain't a doctor um but i have noticed that uh, energy levels have gotten a little bit better we're trying to see if we can increase my thyroid and my metabolism a little bit after all this dieting and stuff and so uh we're trying to refurbish the metabolism strength is never a weakness weakness is never a strength keep tuning in catch you guys later I should have probably mentioned that on the way out. That's all right. Everyone's still here. All right, peeps, we're back. I know that's a little bit weird. From now on, we'll probably just try to roll into the next one. But for uh, our purposes on our end, it was easier for us to cut it for a minute and uh, and to start over. So we're here with another 10-minute walk. And hopefully this is going to inspire you to get out and go on your 10-minute walk. The 10-minute walk is something that, uh, that I got from Stan Efforting. Stan got it from some research that he read and uh, Stan wanted me to start to incorporate a 10 minute walk. And right away I was like, you know what? That ain't hard to do. I can go do a 10 minute walk. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, see if you can do two, three, you know, two or three, you know, here and there. And I was like, oh yeah, like two or three a week or something. And he was like, no, 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 two, like two or three a day. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, well, how am I going to, I was kind of thinking, you know, right away you're always putting up barriers, right? You know, every, everything, everything in life, when somebody gives you some information, you're always kind of throwing up that barrier. You're like, Hmm, uh, I probably can't do that because of this. Oh, I got to work. I got this, I got that. But once I started messing with the 10 minute walk, um, I just started to incorporate it into my life. I just started to add it to my life. People often ask me, how do you mix, uh, business with, uh, with family? You know, how do you, how do you have a work life balance? And the way I've always done that is to be inclusive rather than exclusive. And so I'll bring my children. I bring my wife with me on a lot of trips that we go to. 
Um, and even trips that are meant just for family, those always turn into business trips as well. There's always some sort of business uh, being arranged uh, on all these trips. So even my trip this weekend to Washington, D.C., I'm really excited about, I'll end up going to some gym at some point and dropping off some slingshots, dropping off some hip circles and uh, making a contact with somebody. I also reached out to some friends in, uh, in NYC area to see if uh, I could perhaps meet up with them. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. And, you know, not, it doesn't always have to be about business, but I figure when I'm in a given area, why not, uh, why not mix the two things together? And so same thing with fitness, same thing with your fitness, when it comes to training and when it comes to your diet, um, have it be part of your life rather than uh, some external thing that you have to fight for. That's so hard all the time. Um, how much harder is it to go through in and out burger and order some burgers without the bun? It's not really that much harder. I mean, it, it does taste better with the bun, but exponentially it doesn't taste that much better to where you can't not have the bun. It's like just, you know, these, there's these things that you're going to do the sacrifice for that is so small but the benefit is so big and the benefit the real benefit that people are missing is the habit that you're building up but mark it tastes so much better with the bun and fries oh my god and the shake especially the shake well here's the problem with the here's the problem with everything else right here's the problem with the bun the fries and the shake um people often say that they want to be different. You know, people will shave their head. People will color their hair purple. Our good friend Gita, who was part of our media team for a long time, she left on good terms, uh, went and uh, she took her very talented behind uh, somewhere else. And she's, she's working for somebody else now. She made a post the other day and she just posted half her face. And uh, she said, be weird. And all you mm -hmm. could see is kind of this shaved head and this like, kind of purple hair off to the side, you know? And then you swipe and it was like the rest of her. And she's beautiful. It was a great, great photo. She's very photogenic. She knows how to take pictures as well. She's a very pretty girl. And anyway, so I commented on it. I just like to blast people, especially everybody that works here. We all talk shit. We all make fun of each other. And I said, being your age, shaving your head and dyeing your hair purple uh, is not being different. <laughs> and I said something like, think of something else, you know? And uh, she just wrote back and she like wrote roasted or something on there. And we just, we had a good, so yeah, we had a good, we had a, uh, we had a good laugh about it. But even in people's efforts to being different, they actually are still the same. People that think they're hardcore are not hardcore in other areas. Somebody might be hardcore if they're lifting, but then they eat like shit. Like they'll, <laughs> they'll say they're hardcore and how tough they are. And they come in here and they lift all these weights or they, or even, even another example would be they're an MMA fighter or, or Marine. Like they're like, they're fucking real legitimate uh, killers that like fight for the country. And then they go home and they eat fucking fruity pebbles. <laughs> how, how savage is, how savage is fruity pebbles? It's not savage at all. Right. What it is, is convenient though. Yeah. It's convenient and it tastes fucking good. And there are things that over a period of time, you're, you're, uh, we're trying to really do when it comes down to our nutrition and with our health 
And with any of this stuff, um, you see all these entrepreneurs right now, you know, uh, talking about the grind and talking about waking up at 4 a.m. And it gets really preachy and it gets really bothersome at times. Um, I'm probably guilty of it myself. You guys probably look at my stuff sometimes like, can't take one more fucking speech from Mark Bell. I can't handle it. Part of the reason for some of this, though, is to help to is to help to build habits. And so when you learn to abstain, it's like. You know, people when people are in a uh, when people are in a religion, and they adhere to certain things within that religion. I mean, there's certain religions where they won't even. Uh, there's certain religions where the women will wear uh, clothing that covers their whole body. Certain religions, the w- women, no one else will see the woman's hair. No one else will see the woman's hair on their head. Uh, except for maybe a family member, maybe a brother, maybe a dad, somebody, uh, until the woman is married. <laughs> um, and I know that I know that that's like going way too far that way. And the women that are in those religions are oppressed, and there's other problems, there's other issues. Uh, but being strict uh, does have its benefits. Uh, what happens when the man? for the first time in his life, sees another woman's hair. The woman lets her hair down and he sees their hair for the first fucking time in his life. Uh, that is going to cause a level of arousal that is at a whole new a whole new level. Can I get a hey now for that? Eggplant emoji. Maybe maybe more than one eggplant. You know, maybe a couple <laughs> eggplants sprout, sprout from something like that. So my point is, is that by starving some things off, you can end up with a really great reward. And I have a theory on this, on why I got a theory on why everybody's so fat. I got a theory on uh, how some of this has happened over the years. And I want to first point out is that, you know, people tend to say fat and lazy. Um, and they say them as if they're synonymous, uh, as if, as if it's sometimes uh, they'll refer to almost as the same thing. Right. Um, my mom, you know, has been a hardworking person her whole life. She's also been somebody who's been very big her whole life. She's been somebody who's been very heavy her whole life. She's been fat. Um, but my mom was not lazy. My mom worked very hard. You know, my mom, she was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, she was there for us. Um, she never she never was not there. She was always there. She's always there for us. Uh, you know, making us sandwiches, making us dinner, uh, you know, helping us uh, clean up our room, doing our, um, you know, cleaning our fucking football uniforms after practice, uh, driving us to school or driving us uh, to an activity or uh, supporting us uh, at a weightlifting meet or just anything anything she was always there at everything just so happens that she was heavy she had uh, a real problem with her food and she always has now she also had some unfortunate circumstances when she was younger um she grew up in a, in a very kind of hostile environment both her parents were uh addicted to alcohol and uh it wasn't wasn't a great environment didn't make her feel good about herself even though she helped raise um my aunts and uncles and stuff like that. She wasn't appreciated and she was called fat by her dad. And she was been, she'd been big her whole life since she was even, even when she had me and had my brothers and stuff, even kind of before that, she was even uh, just a, just a bigger girl. Not, not that she was like fat by any means, but she was just a bigger girl. She always had some, some extra junk in the trunk, if you will. Anyway, um, what happens is though, over the years, if you have similar eating habits from when you're young and you don't really learn a lot from it, 
Um, and then there's maybe points in time uh, where you have kids, uh, you become sedentary, you're not moving as much. Maybe you're just not really thinking about it as much. Maybe you're not noticing as much, but slowly but surely, your habits for your nutrition have kind of chipped away at who you are. Your habits, you've gotten more and more lenient because each and every day is stressful. Uh, you're worried about how your kid's uh, performing in school. You're worried about your son because he has a concussion in football. You're worried about this. You're, you're worried about your middle child, my brother, my brother Chris, because he's short and he feels bad about being short. You're worried about Mad Dog because he's got a temperament. You're worried about your youngest son because he can't fucking learn shit in school. You start to build up all this stress and what happens is you start to get behind you start to fall, you start to fall behind and you're so caught up in all the actions of your family. You're so caught up in what everybody else is doing. You're not really truly doing anything for yourself any longer. And you end up fighting each and every day behind. And I know because I grew up with this and I've seen this. I also know because I actually lived this. I've actually was this person before and actually still this day. I mean, we all get behind, right? I mean, we all fall behind. We all fall behind on payments. We all fall behind on homework. We all fall behind on our work. We all fall behind on telling our significant other how much we love and care about them. You ever just stop every once in a while and just think to yourself, you know what? I need to go, you know, in your case, your girlfriend, Andrew, and in my case, my wife, I'm like, I'll just stop every once in a while and be like, you know what? I just need to grab a hold of her and just tell her I love her and just give her a fucking big old fat kiss. Absolutely. Like not... Not a sexual, like, hey, I'm going to grab your ass type thing. I mean, of course, we all do that because we're disgusting. <laughs> we're dudes. I did it this morning. Ladies, we're going to check your oil as much as fucking possible. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're a court low, we might try to fill you up. You know what I mean? No, I mean. Hey, now. <laughs> but uh, you just, sometimes you just, you need to think, of, you need to stop and think about that for a second. You need to say, you know what? I need to just tell my kid like I just, I, last night my son went to bed and he and I watched TV together and, uh, and I, I just, I followed him when he was, uh, when he went to go brush his teeth and I just said, Hey buddy, I was like, I know you're 14. I know this is weird, but I just want to tell you, I love you so much. I'm really proud of you. And that was a lot of fun watching TV with you. He's like, all right, dad, I love you too. And I went to bed. It's like, I know that those things are hard. They're not always easy to do. For some reason, it's even harder with family members to just tell them that you fucking care but, and, that they're, and that they make a difference. I tell my daughter every day. She's 10. And so all she does is mock me all the time. She's like, I know, dad. You tell me every day. And I was like, well, you can't ever love somebody too much. Uh, your dad seems pretty awesome. But, yeah. Uh, growing up, did he show a lot of affection towards you guys? Because for me, it's pretty hard to like go to my daughter and be like, like, babe, I love you. Like, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> or to go up to Stephanie. Like, it's pretty easy for Stephanie because she has changed me quite a bit for, mm -hmm. you know, for the better. But growing up, like, telling my dad I loved him or something like that. Yeah. Not that I didn't or that there was a problem. It's just we just never did it because he's so macho, you know. Like, mm -hmm. so now it's kind of hard for me. Yeah, uh, I think my dad, my, so my grandfather, you know, he built his own house. He, he fucking built his own cars and, and things like that. And so he was... uh you know, he was very masculine. Yeah. You know, um, man's man. He's a, he's a fucking man's man, you know? And, and my dad grew up with a lot of that. Um, 
they didn't, I wouldn't really say they grew up with like tough love because my grandfather wasn't a hard ass in that way. Um, it wasn't like he, you know, instilled discipline in them by, by, uh, by being like fearful. Mm -hmm. He was more loved, you know, and so was my, and my dad was kind of similar. Um, but yeah, definitely when I was a teenager, I didn't tell my dad I loved him. Right. Like it was fucking seems gay, you know, when you, <laughs> and my brothers were always telling me everything's gay. So I was confused on what's gay and what's not gay. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on anymore. Just the second you show any affection that they're just exactly like dude why are you being gay like, yeah yeah fuck i'm not but like i'm just trying to tell you guys i love yeah, you yeah or they'd be like <laughs> they'd be like you're a fag because we heard you tell mom that you love her and you gave her a kiss <laughs> be like what like, how fun <laughs> that's what did you just say i'll right. be like what the f i don't even know what's going on i'm, I'm fucking seven or it's <laughs> even worse when you do something for like your girl you get her flowers oh, like, yeah, dude, yeah. you're such a fag like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait hold yeah. on <laughs> yeah what are you doing you know what's funny about that is that my wife would call me a fag if i did that <laughs> by by the way we're not trying to offend anybody we're not trying to thanks for clearing you. that up <laughs> sometimes people get a little a little weird when we're talking about these things yeah but back to my fucking hypothesis that I was talking about. I really feel that a big problem is that people are behind. And I think what happens in a given day is, uh, you know, we tend to want to talk ourselves out of things. Our thoughts become our actions, right? The actions start to become our habits. We start to develop bad habits over time. The thoughts, the habits, the actions, they all start to be intertwined in, into this fucking thing, right? And it starts to become such a thing that you are now, you're not as free as you think you are. You think you're free to do certain things, but you're fucking not. You're not nearly as free as you think you are. You're fucking tied down to everything. You're tied down to your job. You're tied down to your family. You're tied down to all the responsibilities that you have in a given day. Those stresses are there. Those stresses are, are painful. And what ends up happening is over time, this starts to wear people down and they just start reaching for foods that are just convenient, that are just sitting there, that just fucking taste good. And it's the only pleasure that people have in a given day, all the way to the point where people don't even really have sex anymore. People have sexless, sexless marriages. It's, it's fucking insane. People, they gain a lot of weight together. They live a lot of stress together. Uh, they're worried about money. They're worried about A. They're worried about B. They're worried about C. And these two people that decided they want to fuck each other for the rest of their lives no longer even sleep in the same fucking bed sometimes. I mean, a lot of crazy things uh, happen within these relationships. And how do they happen? In my opinion, they all happen from being behind. They still say that couples, the number one reason why couples split up are be, is because of is because of finances. And, uh, you know, I thought it'd be Instagram, but <laughs> the number one reason is still, um, I don't know, you know, maybe people are fucking lying. I don't know. But like, uh, it's still a huge thing uh, that people are... <laughs> People are pissed at each other about finances, which is an interesting thing because finances shouldn't really factor into your love. Fire, finances shouldn't really factor in to your passion. Sometimes finances have to factor in because we are dealt some doses of reality and you, and that's going to settle in and you do have to figure out, yeah, I can't just be passionate about being an artist and I can't just not make any money. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you, that doesn't mean you fold up. doesn't mean you fucking give up people are fighting every single day of their life behind they are what i see happening people are are at work too late 
Then they get home, they get in trouble by their wife or significant other or even their children. They're getting yelled at by that. Then uh, they're, they're late to dinner. Then they're late to watch their favorite show. They're stressed. They'll eat whatever the fuck's in front of them at that point. Maybe uh, the wife's pissed and she didn't even, she didn't cook anything. I know every household is a little different. I know the wife doesn't always cook nowadays. I know things are different, ladies. Relax. Mm -hmm. uh, and so maybe the dude's got to grab some fucking uh, McDonald's on his way home or whatever the case is. But because you're stressed and because you're behind, you're behind, you're behind, you're behind. And then you go to bed late. A lot of men go to bed a half hour, an hour, two hours later than their spouse. And it's like, well, now we're starting to go to bed different time. I mean, things are just starting to get fucking weird. There just starts to get to be these gaps in the relationship. There starts to be, and these are all problems. And people will, I, I hear these things, you know, when we get together with, um, friends and family and go to now people are going to watch themselves when they're around me but <laughs> you get around parties and stuff and you'll hear you know the spouse might say oh you know she never puts out or he never does this or he and you start to hear that and i just sit there i'm like man that ain't oh man i wish i wish they would actually not that my wife and i talk about every single thing but we really do try we do try we try to talk about everything because uh, these little jokes and these little jabs, man, they ain't funny. If somebody ain't getting a blowjob at home, they might be uh, fishing around somewhere else for one. <laughs> <laughs> I know that we, I know that we're talking about being behind and I know that we're talking about diet and I know we're talking about habits, but all these things factor in because we're talking about real life situations. And if you ain't happy, then you're not going to be doing good stuff for yourself. And if you're falling behind, you're going to be miserable. Your thoughts become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits start to become part of your character to the point where when you're around other people, you're like thinking to yourself, you know what? These people know that I wouldn't be caught dead eating that in front of them. And so therefore you're like, fuck, I can't even do that. So me as Mark Bell, the position I'm in now, I can't just like roll in here and, and fucking eat a big thing of donuts. It doesn't, I can't, I can't do that anymore. I got the war on carbs book out. I lost a hundred pounds. I'm preaching all these things to people. And if I'm not practicing what I'm preaching, then what the fuck am I doing? So I just see that each and every day people are behind and the way that the only way to get ahead is to win. And the only way to win is to be prepared and you have to be prepared for every single day. When I started lifting years and years ago and I started finding out about post-workout nutrition and I started finding out about uh, nutrition in general, I started thinking about these, I started thinking about meal prep. I didn't like, you know, cook on Sunday the way a lot of people do now and cook for the whole week and stuff like that. But I started... I started just thinking, I was like, you know what? I need to be prepared for my food because recovery is a big part of this. And I just started to get all in and I started to try to figure out ways of getting ahead. I started watching videos of Louis Simmons. I started to go around the country with money I didn't have. I started to go to seminars. I started to figure all this stuff out. And at least in the lifting community, I was figuring out a way to get ahead. And as you start to get ahead, then you're going to start to win. As you start to win, then you'll start fucking feeling good. But it's impossible to win when you're behind. It's impossible to do things that are good for yourself. It's impossible to feel good about yourself when you're behind. One of the only ways, in my opinion, to really show that you truly love yourself is to do things for yourself, to be with yourself. And one of the things that you can truly do for yourself is to work out. Andrew and I worked out yesterday. We worked out uh, this Sunday as well. 
And uh, both times, I didn't really want to work out either time. Um, actually, yesterday when I worked out, I was like, you know, I was in there doing kind of a cardio session. I was trying to do a certain amount of uh, heartbeats per minute type deal. I got the workout from Joel Jameson. And I was like, oh, I'll just go in and kind of test it out and I'll fucking dick around for 10 minutes. Well, I ended up just doing the full workout. We ended up working out for about 35, 40 minutes or so. It ended up being a, ended up being a great workout. And Andrew ended up walking in on something he didn't want to walk in on either. But he was like, I'm going to go throw on my fucking trousers and we're going <laughs> to throw on my trunks and, and yeah. we're going to, um, we're going to get after it and we're going to do a workout. So we fucking did it. And it was an awesome workout, but it was one of those things where like, I would not have done it if you weren't there. Like if you went home, I would have went home. Well, and I, I would have went at a slower pace than what you were doing if I was by myself, probably. Right. Instead, right. I, I'm, I'm like, okay, well, Andrew's with me. Now I need to try to fuck him up at least a little bit. I'm going to try to outwork him and just show him what's up. And so like, that's, that's what you do. That's how it works. Yeah. I died a little, just yeah. a little bit. It was hard, man. You know, I was trying <laughs> to keep my, trying to get my heart rate up to about 160 beats per minute. And, uh, you know, I was trying to keep that, uh, keep that throughout, um, but you know, going back to this point, people are just, they're constantly consistently talking themselves out of stuff. My mother has a physical therapy appointment. She said this problem with her leg forever. We all know that she probably just needs to lose some weight and, and that would help some things, but she's in a lot of pain. She has trouble walking. So she has trouble moving and so on. And so the whole thing just gets complicated. Um, I got a little bit off on a tangent and forgot to mention, you know, a lot of times people you know, people don't just choose to be fat and they don't, and they also don't just end up being fat. It's a cascade of things that happen. Uh, their insulin levels start to go through the roof. They start to become insulin resistant over a period of time. They become fatter and fatter and fatter, even while they're on a similar diet. They may not even get any worse uh, with their food choices they just might be consuming a similar amount of calories but they're just getting fatter because they've slowed their metabolism down so much and they're moving so little and there's so much pain that that's what gets worse and worse and nobody really truly wants to be that way people do not people do not want to be in pain so try not to be so judgmental i know it's hard um, but I've seen doctors talk about this in the past and they really regret when they've been um you know, they have a pediatric uh, patient. They'll have a, 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 a young person with uh, pediatric cancer. And they might treat that person completely different than they might treat someone who's 400 pounds, uh, who's got something wrong with their foot because they're diabetic. Um, it isn't the same thing. Um, the, the kid that got the, I mean, no kid should have to go through fucking anything. I mean, we'd love to see children be as healthy as possible, right? But at the same time, um, you don't, don't judge a book by its cover every single time. Different people have different circumstances. We're all a fucking sandwich away from uh, sliding downhill pretty fast. We're all a uh, fucking painkiller away from being hooked on them. We're all, most of us are all very close to a lot of those things and have seen it in our own family. So don't look down on people. That doesn't help the situation, I guess is my main point. Uh, complaining about it and, and just telling people that they're lazy does not help anything. That That's my main point is that's not going to uh, help the situ situation at all. Massaging, mas massaging the situation and telling people it's going to be okay, that doesn't fucking help either. So we do need to tell people, hey, you're fucking fat and 
I want to fucking help you. Like you shouldn't be this heavy. You shouldn't look this way. You shouldn't feel this way. It's not normal. It's not normal for you to have high blood pressure. It's not, these things are not normal. And so um, telling people that you care about them, that you want to see them make changes is, is, uh, is probably, you know, more applicable, but it, but it can be uh, super difficult. But in my mom's situation, she has, she has a PT appointment. She's been, uh, you know, going from doctor to doctor, trying to figure out what's wrong. I don't think she still knows what's wrong, but they think some physical therapy can help quite a bit. And so she has an appointment today. And my dad said, yeah, I was talking to your mom this morning about her appointment. She was like, oh, it figures I have it today. My hand is numb and my back is really hurting today. She's like, I don't think I'm going to go. I don't think I'm going to keep the appointment. And so there she is doing what everybody else does, talking herself out of it. Be careful with the talk that you have with yourself. Be careful of this uh, this self-talk that you have. It's really, really important. It's important that you get a warrior mindset and uh, you don't get a warrior mindset because worrying about shit doesn't really do anything. Complaining about stuff doesn't really do anything. It doesn't really get us anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't really change. If you're, <clears throat> if you're complaining to try to improve something, if you're like, hey, here's the five things that are wrong with this thing. Um, and I, and I, I, I wonder if there's a way for them to be more like this, that's a little bit different, um, uh, because you're kind of weighing out the pros and the cons, but if you're just bitching to bitch, um, you can be, you can rest assured that not only will you stay in the same place, but you'll probably end up going backwards more often than not. So your thoughts become your actions. I say this all the time. And if you're talking yourself out of things, I mean, think about how ridiculous it is. You talk yourself out of going to the bathroom in the morning. You got to take a piss and you're like, I'm just going to stay in bed. You can't. It's not even fucking logical. You can't stay in bed. You're going to fucking piss yourself, you idiot. So wake the fuck up and go use the bathroom and get your fucking day started. But you know, you, you just tend to, I, I'm, I know because I do this. We all, we all, we're all fucking. That five extra minutes of sleep is oh, so, so beneficial. So powerful. Andrew, when you came in here today, I was like, he must've got that five extra minutes of sleep. Look at him. You, you saw that. He's a fucking okay. goddamn Wolverine today. He's on <laughs> Science has just proved it. He's a fucking honey badger today. I don't know what, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Normally he comes in, he's very docile, but today he came in, he was like ready to fucking chew the tires off a bus. Yep. I hit snooze and, you know, went through the whole extra five minutes and i felt great how long did this 10 minute walk go for uh, oh man i think we're roughly half an hour in now oh my god anyway uh that's pretty much my rant on a lot of that what are some things that fucking slow you down andrew what are the things that get in your way is it like work is it relationship is it all of the above so uh, <laughs> a little bit of everything but like and not to like you know kiss anyone's ass or like act like i'm like the company man or whatever, but like, honestly, work is the main thing. Uh, you know, wh whether it's the podcast, whether it's photos, whatever it is, it's going to push back my day. So if that pushes back my, you know, you said it perfectly yesterday. If I want to train Friday morning, I should probably prep for it right now. And so what ends up happening is I'll stay up late, finishing a podcast, finishing like a, a photo set or something and that pushes back, you know, hitting that snooze button and getting the extra five minutes, which eventually turns into an extra like hour. I get here a little bit later then my work gets and it's just the same cycle over and over. And I don't want to push my family to the side because the other thing that you told me is with, when I'm with my family, be with my family. 
And that's been huge because it, I can tell like my girlfriend's way happier. I get to spend time with my daughter. Like I took her skating the other day. Like it, it's, a, it's. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you dude, it, me that's awesome. Yeah. It, well, it was, fun, it was cool because the, the day before, like uh, she got picked up a little bit earlier. So we ended up getting not that much skating time in. And so the next day I was like, I am going to get home and we're going to go skating. And we did. And it was fucking awesome. But then that pushes other things like, okay, so that, that one hour window, now that means I'm, instead of going to bed at nine, I'm going to bed at 10, ah. which of course never is the case. I end up going to bed at 11, 12, waking up feeling like shit. So for me, it's getting tasks done in a timely matter in order for me to like get shit done for the podcast. Cause I also, I, I want this podcast to kick ass, you know, like I'm not going to half ass it. So that's the biggie for me is pushing shit back so that way i can't wake up early enough to get here before work yeah a lot of things can wait till tomorrow um there are certain things i mean um you'll have to kind of pick your poison you know and you'll also have to judge you know who like if you if you're working for somebody uh, if you work for yourself it's a little different but if you work mm -hmm. for somebody you'll have to judge how like what's that relationship look like um, when, uh, like if I, if I have a request and I say, Hey, Andrew, can you change the thumbnail? Um, you know, for the podcast, if I, if I text them at 10, it's mainly just because I don't want to forget. It's like, oh man, I wish we had a better picture or I might know that we have a better picture of somebody right. and I'll say, Hey, can we change that? Or can you change the title? Because, um, or even sometimes I'll go in if I have the ability to, sometimes I'll change some stuff myself or whatever. Um. But if I send it out, it's just because I don't want to forget it. And so for those people out there that have, um, that are working for somebody else, judge what that relationship looks like. Is your boss, like, does he, does he think, um, and you might have to explain stuff to him in a certain way. You might have to say, because the boss, I guarantee you, doesn't know what it's like. You know, that's why they have those shows where the guy's fucking undercover boss, right, right? Right. Because he doesn't really know what it's like. So if I go to Andrew and I'm on his case, which this has never happened, but he comes in uh, the next day and I'm like, dude, why the fuck wasn't that changed overnight? What are you doing? Why, you know, well, he might say, okay, actually I did change the photo. Uh, I don't know if you're aware, but YouTube takes a while to actually change the cover photo. Uh, I did change it. I didn't see your text until about six in the morning. I switched it and uh, around noon it should change, right? The boss usually only cares about the end result. So I think as long as you would communicate, you know, you have to figure out who do you work for? Do you work for somebody that's a fucking lunatic and that needs everything done right away all the time, which sometimes I feel like I'm that way. I feel like I might get a little pushy that way, but I, I also am smart enough to realize people don't need a boss. That, mm -hmm. that, that time is over with. People don't need bosses. They need coaches. They need people to help them coach them through their fucking life. And I feel like I have enough life experience to where I can share information with you. And I can say, you know, Andrew, I've been down that fucking road before, dude. That's a slippery slope trying to be the best in the world to something. Just, just try to, just try to be a little bit better every day. And somebody else will tell you the best. Somebody else will come up to you and be like, dude, I don't know what you're fucking doing with that podcast, mm -hmm. but that shit's the best fucking podcast I've ever seen. You're going to be like, what? <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? And you'd be like, really? 
Uh-uh. You're like, fuck, okay, cool. <laughs> and then you're going to go back to work and then someone else will tell you. Someone else will say, that's a fucking cool, well, I don't know what you guys are doing over and you're just going to hear it over and over again. People will tell you you're great. People are going to ask you to fucking consult. People are going to ask you for this and that. Mm-hmm. People are going to start sending you fucking free shit and you're not, you're just not going to even remember how any of it happened. Right. Because you have your fucking nose down and because you're, you're working hard, but you know, people don't, people don't typically respond well to being uh, bossed around. It's a lot easier um, when you try to coach them through stuff and you try to show people that you care. Andrew's not going to be here um, at six, seven, eight o'clock at night trying to finish something up if he doesn't think that I care about him. If you don't think that I care about your family, you're like, fuck this place, right. man. Like a lot of people in those situations, they'll not only... They'll only not work, work, put the work in for you. They'll also end up stealing shit from you. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they'll sabotage everything. They'll end up fucking up every. I mean, they'll end up fucking up everything, and rightfully so. People shouldn't be treated that way. They shouldn't right, have right. to. Uh, they shouldn't have to go go through a lot of that. But some people, that's the only way uh, they know how to do business. Now, when it comes to like, you know, certain things with your work and certain and trying to reposition yourself, I want to explain why I told him on Wednesday how he has to prepare for a workout on Friday because a lot of people, they get obsessed about these supplements. They get obsessed about taking these pre-workouts and there's some fantastic supplement companies out there. And there's some people that make, they make really great products and they make products that can get you hyped up for a workout, but there's nothing, nothing that can replace uh, being like, like feeling good and being refreshed. And so on Wednesday, if you start thinking about, Oh yeah, those guys do train at seven in the morning. So Wednesday, like, okay, maybe Thursday night because uh, the guys end up training and they train late. And maybe if I'm hanging around the gym and I'm there later, maybe I'm not going to sleep that great Thursday night going into Friday. Maybe Wednesday I get a little extra rest or maybe somewhere on Friday I try to sneak in a little extra sleep or maybe I try to sneak in a nap somewhere. Or maybe I just uh, plan out on Thursday night that I'm going to eat more. I'm sorry, on, on Wednesday you start to plan out that you're going to eat more on Thursday for that Friday morning workout so that you can fucking feel good. Mm -hmm. You know that you're going to train at seven. So then you got to start to think to yourself on Wednesday, how am I going to position myself to have the best possible workout on fucking Friday? You want to talk about a pre-workout? That's your pre-workout right there. You start thinking about that stuff early. And as you start to obsess about this, when you start getting into squats, benches, deadlifts, bodybuilding, CrossFit, any of these things, you can start to think about what is the skill that I'm going to be working on on that particular day. If you're a bodybuilder, it might be leg day. So now you're going to think, man, when I go in there on fucking Friday, I'm going to train my legs as hard as I fuck. I'm going to, I'm starting to get my mind ready now because I don't have another hard workout until Friday. I'm going to start getting my mind right, right now. As I'm, maybe you're just, maybe you're working out and you're thinking of, and you're doing some a cardio session. And you're thinking about that next, that next workout that you're going to do. And you're thinking about how hard you're going to push. And you're thinking about, hey, when, we, when I tell the rest of the group that we're going to do four sets of 10, on every set that we do, I'm going to do fucking 12 reps. Or on every set that we do, I'm going to do a little extra weight. Uh, or I'm going to be the last guy standing. I'm going to make sure of it. Um, when I used to 
I used to compete. I was a fucking maniac. I, I was the first person in the squat rack, last person in the squat rack. Everybody just finally, but at the end, they'd be like, dude, how many sets are you doing? I'm like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking care. I'm doing a lot more than you are. I don't know. I'm just here and I'm fucking going. And the only person that could really stand up to a lot of that was uh, Jesse Burdick. Uh, he and I would like just start to fucking stare at each other down from across the room and we'd be pissed. We'd go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. I used to cut people off. You know, somebody would like bend down to tie their shoe and I'd boom, I'd take their weight off. I'd put my weight on or I'd put extra weight on or whatever it was I was doing. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm fucking going again. I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know where the fuck your mind's at, but it's because I put so much pressure on myself and because I prepared all week for that. And uh, people talk about dynamic effort and they talk about max effort. You want to have a maximum effort, get your fucking mind right. You want to have a dynamic effort. You want to be as fast as possible. Well, think about it for a couple of days and think about how you're going to fucking break the bar in half. And think about how you're going to break the goddamn squat rack because you're going to, you know, lift so fast. Those were some of the things that went through my mind when I was, when I was lifting. And those are things that helped me get prepared for each and every workout. You can treat anything else like that. You could treat anything else like that. You can, I mean, just the other day, my wife, um, she wanted me to go to lunch with her and, uh, I was working and, uh, I just texted her back and I said, you know, when this company is where it needs to be, I'll have lunch with you every day. Nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, the, I'm really happy with the company. I, fucking love it i love waking up in the morning i'm excited i'm excited to come here i'm excited to train at super training i'm excited for to talk about knee sleeves and um all the possible things that we have coming up i'm excited to talk about the podcast yeah but i want to keep making everything better and i i have already gotten a lot of things to the point where i can ease off on certain things i mean i've already eased off on the way that i train i still work out really hard i still push it push it hard um but there has been a lot of things where if I set it up correctly, then I set myself up in a better position. Um, going to our beach house is a good example. Uh, the type of food I eat nowadays. Mm. Most people can't afford the, like people will tell me all the time, like I can't afford the way you eat. Well, of course you can't afford the way I eat. You didn't fucking do the work that I did. Mm -hmm. I fucking worked my ass off to get in this position. And there's very specific reasons why I worked myself. This is the life that I wanted to live. I wanted to push myself into this spot. And so this is where I'm at. I'm eating fucking 28, $28 steaks at almost every meal. I mean, that's just, that's just what happens. I, after a period of time i know some people might be like oh he's an asshole or whatever but that's just but i mean people can do right. their own thing like i'm definitely not eating, absolutely i'm not eating you know this 28 dollars steaks but i am eating hamburger meat it's still red meat it's not i mean super high quality but i'm still following you know similar diet like you oh, and, and i'm I, able to make it happen and i've and i've done the diet that way before too right and i've done the diet on i've done the diet with cold cuts i've done a diet with fucking uh you know cure, different cured meats and cheeses and like uh all kinds of stuff there's right. there's a lot of different ways of doing it you don't have to um that's what people keep like you have filet mignon every meal i'm like yeah i, I know motherfucker I, I love the taste of it <laughs> so i'm gonna keep buying it i'm gonna keep getting grass-fed butter and stuff yeah. like that but it doesn't have to be uh taken to that extreme but at some point at some point everyone has to care about their health at some point everyone has to care about their strength so i always say strength is never a weakness at some point you're gonna be on your fucking deathbed and you're gonna be like i wish i could just get up one more time 
I wish I could just fucking walk down the goddamn hallway so I can walk out of this fucking hospital. But you won't have the strength for it. Everyone at some point is going to fucking pay the ultimate price. Everybody at some point is going to wish that they were stronger. They're going to wish that they were healthier. And that includes me. I'm not immune to it. I'm not going to live to 175 years old because I try because I work out hard. Right. You know, it just doesn't work that way. So, don't mean to hijack or switch gears too far, but... You know, you're talking about people lifting or, you know, prepping Wednesday. Oh, lights clicked on. Somebody tried to open the door. So, uh, as far as... Uh, that was scary. Yeah, yeah. Tr uh, prepping Wednesday for Friday's hard workout. But what about your average everyday, you know, uh, household mother or father or whatever? Like, not your person that's going to just kill the weights. Like, can they have the same mentality as that? Yeah, I think they should, too. I think they should because, um, you know, like, uh, you know, for your average, uh, let's say soccer mom or somebody, right? right. Or your average, um, your average person that's, uh, you know, driving their kid back and forth to baseball practice or whatever it might be. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's just, um, it's a, it's a different level of intensity. You know, there's, there's people at different uh, intensity levels. And so, uh, but it still doesn't matter. I mean, the, the workout is still important. I tell the people, tell people this all the time. Um, you know, don't, uh, don't sell yourself short on how important the workouts are. Right. The ex exercise is, is huge. And if you're somebody that's trying to get involved in it, it's important that your performance in the gym is good. And so some people might say, Oh, you know, I want to try this diet. And then right away, the first thing they do is they try to go into a caloric deficit. They feel like shit and they have crappy workouts and they're like, oh, well, I'm just taking the good with the bad because, you know, I know that this diet's going to, you know, do this and that. And I know, no, it shouldn't be that way. Your, your workouts are important. It's important that your workouts are strong and it's important that your workouts are powerful. And so, over a period of time, you can lower your calories and you can do things like that. But in the beginning, you want to keep them high. And when it comes to getting prepared for a workout, there's no better way to get prepared for exercise than to think about it several days ahead of time. My boy, Nico, who just walked in the room here, who's got a fight, he knows yeah. better than anybody when it's uh, when it's a time for, uh, you can have him chime in on that mic a little bit if yeah. you want, or you can chime in on this one if you want to make this one hot. I can turn that one on. Yeah, yeah. turn it on. Turn it no, on. Get over on, here, Nico. On that yellow one. Get over here, Nico. Put the headphones on, buddy. Over here. What's up, bud? All right. So for anybody who may not know, Nico's been training with Mark. Nico Lasagna, reg. ladies and gentlemen, he's on the Power Project. Yeah, just pull uh, that microphone time. close to you. Oh, Long time listener, first time on. <laughs> he uh, he's one of those guys. He's gonna say this is his first time, but you know he's really a veteran been around he's gonna be like oh i've never hey i've never done this before i've never i've never podcasted with these lights on and my pants uh, around my ankles <laughs> i've been i've been quite a few times with my pants around my ankles oh, oh i know <laughs> so we were just talking about i was uh you know talking to uh andrew about you know like a, a friday morning workout and he was talking about hitting up some of these workouts that we do at 7 a.m and uh i told him on wednesday we got done with our workout and I was explaining to him, if you want to do some of these morning workouts, you can't really think about them like the morning of. You can't wake up at five and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go try to be at the gym at seven. Um, and you can't think about them even the night before. It's got to happen way in advance. Mm -hmm. Do you do that sometimes with like, you know, you, you're oh, a yeah. professional fighter. You got a fight coming up this Saturday. Do you sometimes like, especially something like um, 
Let's just hype. What, what's a weakness for you sometimes in MMA? Like if there is one. Uh, I'd say the biggest weakness starting out was wrestling. So, so there you go. So, you know what? I'm going over with fucking team alpha male and I know we're going to do a lot of grappling today. We're going to work on a lot of technique. And you know what? When I, or not even that day, you think about it a couple of days ahead of time, I'm going to go over there. And I'm going to fucking tear it up. Mm-hmm. When I go over there, they're going to see that I, you're going to see the improvements. Everyone's going to see it. Everyone's going to fucking feel it. People are going to comment on it. Have you ever put those words in your head, that positive self-talk like that? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh, I believe you said it before. Um, but uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And uh, that's the thing. So having that mindset, focusing on your weakness, uh, whether for, for you guys, it might be, you know, some of your lifting, uh, maybe your deadlifts aren't, aren't as uh, strong. And so right. instead of uh, being like, well, yeah, I'm just going to go work uh, arms because I know I'm good at that. Um, I spent the time I spent when I came to Alpha Male, I, I pretty much only wrestled for the first couple of years. Um, and even then, you know, you still feel like a, like a kid that uh, maybe in junior high wrestling at that level, right. um, training with some of the best in the world, you, you go in uh, to practice kind of, you get those nerves knowing like, oh, I'm going to get my ass worked and uh, um, it's it's uh, going to be a push, but um, right. but you uh, you got to get uncomfortable or get comfortable being uncomfortable. So working the, the things that you don't want to work, really focusing on those more. Yeah, when you when you go in and you think, oh, you know, I know today that we're going to predominantly work on like grappling and wrestling and like I fucking suck at it. What kind of workout do you have then? Oh man. So <laughs> that, the some of the crazier rounds are when you go in and you're you're you drill hard uh, at Team Alpha Mill when you're wrestling, you're drilling hard the whole time. So from start to finish, uh, we we like to joke around. We have a uh, zone 1, zone 2, and zone 3. Uh zone 1 is kind of just the, the like a slow round, but uh, we're always on zone three, so we're drilling hard. So once uh, there's once, really no such thing as yeah, zone one no, and zone no, no, two. Zone one it. and zone two are really just like you know, I guess so you don't skip steps. But no, we're always in zone three, and um, and so by the time we go to our live wrestling round, which would be a wrestling match, or we would spar at first takedown wins, you know, first takedown pin wins. Um, so uh, you're exhausted, you and then there uh, and then the coach tells you, all right, guys, we got three matches now, and uh, you're like, oh shit, like what am I gonna do? Uh, and you got to push yourself. You got to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it's those those days that you have um, that you're forcing yourself to be there um, that actually matter the most. Something I think is awesome that uh, they do in MMA and sometimes in uh, wrestling and stuff like that is they'll they'll put a fresh guy in there with you sometimes like shark every tank. minute yeah. or every 30 yeah. seconds or Call something. Call that shark tank. So I, we did that in pro wrestling as well. You know, we're, we're running these uh, pre-choreographed I know. Everybody just relax. <laughs> it's sometimes pre-choreographed. I what? know. We but do these, uh, they're called wrestling spots, you know, and you do a, a, a series of, of moves, right? And so, like, I'll do a series of moves to you, and then you do a series of moves to me, and then Andrew would come in and, like, attack you, and then you guys would go at it, and we'd, uh, we'd cycle. Yeah, we'd, cy- <laughs> we'd cycle through, like, a bunch of people, but you'd be fucking dead after you did that. If you did that with, like, five, six, seven oh, people, yeah. you'd be fucking shot. How well, That's got to be terrible for that. For all the people that look at professional wrestling i get they kind of know what's going to happen but being slapped by somebody mark's size in the chest um <laughs> being being slammed down uh that doesn't feel right when i get taken down uh, why do you have a boner <laughs> i'm glad it's what behind the, the fuck <laughs> we're talking about this kind of stuff he really man, loves yeah, podcasts yeah yeah man i'm getting all hot and <laughs> that's what i'm talking about uh <laughs> 
but so along the lines of <laughs> what have we a hard were, time making weight with that thing jesus yeah, christ what, what we were just talking about though so imagine if you woke up one day and said you were just going to go train in the shark tank you had to prep to do that right yeah like, mul- like many days in advance well uh, yeah you kind of you it's a mental preparation like it's i look at every fight and, and it's funny that we look forward to to fighting um like this weekend i'm gonna get to go kick someone's ass when uh <laughs> so, it's, so it, i look at it almost like this weekend i'm gonna be in a train crash literally my body like it's gonna be crazy um so you gotta mentally prepare your body prepare your mind to go through that and the shark tank is one of those things that really emulates uh you know how well you're gonna do um having a fresh guy every round those guys are are not tired at all you're 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 putting in you know three five minute rounds or five five minute rounds um with a new guy every minute that it becomes uh very difficult and you tend to kind of almost accept things and that's when you see people starting to accept things like guys taking them down now instead of you Mm. know them you know even though they've been in the whole time now all of a sudden they're starting to get taken down it it, you'll see the mindset of of a fighter is he going to accept that he yes i'm tired and i'm just going to let him take me down i'm going to take my time you can see it Mm -hmm. like uh you know as a fan of the sport and and i never want to be disrespectful to the sport because i think it's uh i think it's kind of the ultimate form of sport you know, having, having, uh, this degree of fighting, I think is fucking awesome. Uh, so I'm never going to say anybody in the ring is a coward. However, when you see someone start to cower, they start to get mm-hmm. defeated. You sometimes will see their eyes kind of move yep. to the side and they're like, fuck, I got taken down again. You can see them getting like demoralized when someone mm-hmm. fights like, uh, Daniel Cormier or someone fights Bones Jones or like, they're just like, okay, I fucking tried a bunch of stuff. None of it's working. This motherfucker is taking me down again. And they start to kind of exactly. accept everything that's happening. Right? And, it, and it, go, it goes back to your original question of preparing yourself mentally. Are you prepared to quit? Are you prepared to go regardless of how you feel, the situation you're in? Um, you have to have some sort of conversation with yourself before. If you and I were going were gonna to fight and you know that I'm fucking great at wrestling, even though you don't want to get taken down, there has to be some sort of conversation in your head like i'm pro- i might get taken down a bunch of times mm-hmm. but you know what i'm not going to do i'm not going to fucking give up yeah i'm going to i'm, I'm going right to figure out a way yep. to get up and i'm going to figure out a way to keep a lot of pressure on him so he's like all I could do is take the guy down, but I can't really figure out how to do anything else. Oh yeah. Then you start kicking me upside my head when I'm tired or in the side. Now, now we got a different fight going on, right? Well, and you'll see that, uh, one of my teammates, uh, Darren Elkins, uh, he literally eats, he uses his face as like a catcher's <laughs> mitt. He's, people are throwing fastballs at his face all day long and he's eating them. And <laughs> there, uh, one of his most recent fights, he was getting his ass kicked for, uh, uh like the whole three rounds i think it was a minute and a half left in the in the third and final round where he starts turning around and the guy you can tell the guy threw everything including the kitchen sink (laughs) at him and kind of looked like what the hell man like what am i gonna do this guy will not go away Uh, and that's the mindset that elkins had he um he ended up not only taking the guy down and starting to beat on him when the guy was panicking and stood up he got head kicked and knocked out uh i've never seen a guy smell his own ass um but elkins uh it made a guy smell his own ass and that's the mindset if if you look at darren elkins's fights that guy has every time been willing to to die but he, but at in the same set he's not gonna die he, mm. he's accepted that he's willing to die but he's not gonna die because you're gonna break before him and he's willing to go further 
as a fighter that's at Team Alpha Male, I mean, they, they got a fucking crazy high standard going over there. Um, how many fights have you had in the last uh, couple of years? Um, I was trying to count those the other day. Um, this year I've had two. I'm about to have my third one. Um, that's, that's pretty active. Fuck. Yeah. I like to, I like to be active. Normally I like to fight like three or four times a year, at least. Um, the most I've done is five. Uh, I had one year where I fought, I mean, maybe twice, mm. uh, you know, sometimes injuries happen, um, things like that, but I like to stay active. Um, I, this is my 10th fight with team alpha male. Oh, cool. Um, so this is where I feel like things, you know, it's funny, all this work you put in, um, everything's starting to come together you know uh the wrestling the striking coming here with you guys i've yeah. gotten a lot stronger now um you know for those of you guys that don't know this this is uh super training is the best uh strength training power lifting everything uh, that i've ever yeah, been it's to been, it's been fun um, uh having you be part of it and it's uh been like just an interesting thing because you know, like it wasn't like uh, I sat Nico down and I was like, hey, man, here's kind of like what's going to like it really wasn't. No, I know that you've been following along yeah. anyway and that, you know, Charlie and stuff. Uh, but there was never it was more like I work out Monday, Wednesday, Friday at seven o'clock if you want to come in and train. And then it just turned into a thing. Yeah. Well, I think it was funny. You, you One of the things you said when, uh, after the first couple of weeks was like, man, you just keep showing up. And I was. <laughs> I think I said to you, like, you're going to have to ask me to leave. <laughs> I'm going to be offended, but I'm probably still going to try to show up. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, just the, you know, the mindset here, you know, everything, uh, you are who you surround yourself around. You know, if, if you can't have a, a, a million dollar mindset uh, around, you know, dollar minds, you know, you got to have the people that are willing to drive, with, uh, be, be driven with you, you know, put their feet in the ground. And uh, we've had our days where we're exhausted. We're, you yeah. know, we, we go meet up for coffee at five in the morning and yeah. then come here and put in the work. And not only that, then I'm going and sparring after, after here. So, uh, coming here and, and training that mindset where I'm exhausted going into my practices yeah. from, you know, we're deadlift, we're, you know, pushing the tank, we're, we're going a minute on the rows, you know, sprints. And, uh, so I'm that, that mindset. I put you through a real pressure cooker on that bike exactly. the other day. Exactly. <laughs> and then well, and then he took the seat off, so it was just the post. <laughs> and it was like a spin class. So you had to keep going up and down. Yeah. And oh, I still have a bruise. But talk um, about that. <laughs> oh, it was confidentiality. Sorry, guys. But um, but yeah, no, just just coming in, you know, and and like you said, training that mindset. You know, I come in every morning uh exhausted already, you know, because we're getting up early. You know, I worked a lot the day before. Uh we come in here and we train that mindset. No matter what, we're going to be in here for that hour, hour and a half. We're going to work our ass off no matter what. Right. You know, uh, we puke, in which I did a few times. <laughs> I know I did. And we, we keep going. Um, and so that's the mindset. And then you carry on to the next the next challenge in your day um, because that it never stops, you know. I for think when you, you, when you get it right, you know, um, you should be kind of nervous. You know, I, I remember, you know, when I trained at Westside Barbell and when I was doing professional wrestling, I was... I mean, I was, I was not only, uh, you know, a little bit nervous. I was a lot of bit nervous almost every fucking day. You know, they would say, all right, uh, bell, you know, go up in front of the class. Uh, you, uh, you know, do a 40 second promo, uh, on John Cena. You're fighting him at a pay-per-view March 31st, ready, go. And you're like, ah, um, kick his ass March 31st. Cause I'm better than he is. And, uh, you're like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you got to go up and do it in front 
front of like 40 of your peers or, you know, you have to have a impromptu match with somebody yeah. out of nowhere. You're not allowed to talk about it beforehand, but you got to go fucking, you know, do it in front of everybody. When it came to lifting at Westside, the intensity level was so fucking crazy. Uh, you know, everyone in there squatting 800 pounds or more. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. You walk in the gym, they got the music blasting. The monoliths, the squat racks and stuff were more towards the back of the gym. Actually, there was only one monolith there. I never figured out why because it was a huge gym, but there's only one monolith there. And uh, it would be very, very rare for somebody new to venture towards the back because that's where the fucking action yeah. happened and yeah. that's where all the intensity was. And it's probably a similar mindset at Team Alpha Male. I mean, I, I know it's a business as well, so there's... There's probably, uh, they're catering to some kickboxing mm -hmm. classes and so forth, but there's probably some spots where there's some fucking real fighters where oh, yeah. when you first pe see people walk in, they're probably like, I'm going to kind of stay like over here where there's like classes going on and not go near where they're going to kill each other. Well, that, and that's the cool <laughs> thing about being at gyms like Team Alpha Male and being here. Uh, you know, at Team Alpha Male, if you're, if you're just doing the normal classes, but you also are watching, seeing the pro practice going on, you're like, dang, these guys, that's how hard I got to work. You know, and it, <laughs> yeah. it kind of increases your, you know, your mindset. You want to start working harder. Right. And then same thing in here. There was some days where I'd, you know, I'd come in like, oh, I'm not, I probably shouldn't be lifting too much weight. You know, I'm an MMA fighter and you guys start doing some, some heavy squats and it's like, well, I want to get in on that. Um, so it's kind of like that, you know, you, you, you kind of want to lift be at that level, uh, of your surroundings. Fighting you know? is fucking crazy because for some reason you just, just everybody thinks they can do it. Yeah. You know, uh, we all know there's some technique to boxing. We all see the technique to, to grappling. Uh, but you know, when you, when you look at somebody who's, uh, really athletic, or you look at somebody who's really strong, look at somebody who's really big, for some reason it's ingrained in our head. Maybe some of it does come from like pro wrestling where you had guys like Hulk Hogan and, uh, the undertaker and Andre the giant and some of these people over the years that were massive beating the shit out of people. You always think the bigger guy is going to win, but something like jujitsu, mm -hmm. uh, the UFC has proven something totally different because he had a hoist Gracie in the first couple UFCs, uh, just fucking kick the shit out of people when did you start to kind of find this stuff and and you're you're how much do you weigh uh right right now i got weigh-ins tomorrow so right now i'm about 143 i normally walk around about what what is all that i mean all this must have given you a lot of uh a lot of security being a small being a smaller person i mean you can handle yourself in any sort of not that you had insecurities going yeah. in but you can handle yourself in any situation regardless whether somebody's big and strong yeah well and that, that's the good thing about martial arts is uh you know, before you're like, yeah, I'm going to be able to, you know, handle myself. And now when I get and people start problems, I'll be able to handle it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you, you kind of gain a confidence and you kind of like that chip off your shoulder goes away. And it's almost like you don't. It's kind of like having big arms. So yeah. people have this perception. They're like, they're like, man, I'm going to, okay, this is fucking cool. I found what I love to do. And they're 12 years old, 13 years old. They're like, I'm going to train my fucking arms all the time. I'm going to have huge arms and I'll never wear a fucking long sleeve shirt again for the rest of my life. As soon as someone has 18, 19, especially 20 inch arms, you will very, very rarely see somebody with 20 inch arms wearing a fucking tank top. Yeah. It's really rare because at that point they feel so good about yeah, it. They like, don't I, need to show it like everybody yeah. already knows how big my goddamn arms are yeah it's fu it's funny uh you know like same thing when i you don't need to flex arts. same thing yeah you don't need to flex your muscle you people are like all right dude i already know you kick people in the face for well, no, no, and it's funny because when i started i would be like oh look how hard i can kick look how fast i can you right. know and now it's kind of like like somebody's like hey show us this and i'm like uh 
I don't really want yeah. to. Have you noticed a difference in your training now that you've been training with us? Well, I should say super training. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's honestly, uh, it's been a complete 180. I, um, I, uh, I could feel the strength in practices. Uh, like I said, one of the things is the mindset. So going into practice tired, already knowing. Uh, I've been training that way so hard now that um, I recover so much faster because of it. Um, definitely wrestling strength, uh, right. you know, top pressure, all of that has been a lot better. Cardios is great. Um, all around, like I said, this gym has, has helped me re revamp and re, you know, reassess everything that I need to do for my fighting. And a lot of it's going to show this weekend. A lot of this is mental, you know, people don't really, pe people have not really seen the morning workouts that much. We filmed them a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, but you the only way to really understand these morning workouts is to actually do them mm -hmm. a lot of times i mean sometimes we get in here and we're chatty other times we get in here because it's the morning we're not really saying much and uh everyone just starts to follow kind of along with what we're doing um sometimes we fucking kill each other and sometimes it's not that bad but usually there's three or four rounds of mm -hmm. three or four uh well usually there's three or four rounds of sometimes uh, anywhere between four all the way up to like eight different exercises and we might do a farmer's walk we might push the tank we might push the expo sled drag the regular sled and then we might you know pick up one of those heavy med balls yeah, and yeah. walk back and, forth. and you're like each thing you're doing you're dying on it we'll go through it three sometimes four times and the last time we always try to kick it up mm -hmm. a notch and then there'll be more stuff that follows it and the intensity is actually it's actually it's actually so hard that um you know i had my blood work done recently and my c-reactive protein which is your marker of inflammation mine was like through the roof because and which is not a good thing, uh, but it shows that it shows that you're over you're overtrained in a way. Uh, but some of this was intentional. I mean, I'm not trying to hurt myself or fuck myself up, uh, but uh, I'm trying to stick it to myself. You know, I'm trying to make myself better, and sometimes you're gonna overdo it. Yeah, that's and that's one thing I've noticed too is uh, actually having my physicals and stuff done. They they did mention that uh, blood pressure and everything has has they're like it's phenomenal. You yeah. know my. Um, everything's improved by, you know, getting up every morning early and forcing myself to do the work. Mm. You know, that's the biggest part. Uh, like the ultimate warrior says, you know, you just got to do the work yeah. and be intense with it. Well, the ultimate warrior, some of those, uh, for people that haven't watched, you know, I know people will think, oh, the ultimate warrior, like he's going to yell and scream. Yes. Sometimes some of his promos he does, and some of those are excellent too, but, uh, where he's just giving you flat out information. Some of them are fucking great. He's got great life lessons in there. He actually has one talk where he starts to talk about, this is uh, when, if you look up Mr. Ultimate Warrior, his wife has kind of taken over some of the YouTube stuff and she's she's been posting more stuff on there recently. But man, there's some really big gems in there. But the main thing that he says is like, he's like, man, you can buy all these fucking books. Mm -hmm. You can buy all these books about business. He's like, I read them all. I've looked at them all. He's like, they all talk about, you know, how you plan this. How you plan. He goes, but you know, what's really in the center of all these books is doing the fucking work. Mm -hmm. And it's not about me doing your work. It's no, not about yeah. you doing mine. It's about you doing your own shit. And that, that's a problem <laughs> yeah. a lot of people have. They tend to look for, uh, excuses or reasons for why they, they didn't succeed in what they wanted. You know, I can't blame you if i lose a fight you know yeah i you know yeah you gave me the workouts you sh you know this is what we're doing uh if i didn't push myself then that's my fault you know and that's the pr the problem that a lot of people have they they buy into those books they buy into the the fitness you know 
uh, gurus or the, all the uh, the top triple chin, yeah, the triple <laughs> chin, pudgy, pudgy belly motherfuckers. <laughs> That's what um, he says. But man. yeah, no, it's 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 crazy because we want to find an answer. We want the e- a lot of people want the easy way. I want to say I want the easy. Way. A lot of people want the easy way out. They want the the cake and they want to eat it but you know like you said you got to just do the work you know that's the most important part yeah it's a huge part of it and when it comes to like mma it comes to powerlifting, comes to bodybuilding uh it comes to making it you know high level of anything really uh it's what we end up admiring the most I, i've always loved I, i've been watching ufc since ufc one have you been following along oh, yeah. the whole time i have i uh somewhere in one of my uh we call them uh childhood boxes or memory boxes you got like I, a vhs tape? i have the vhs of the first one God damn, that was so good. I wish they would bring back the old logo of the guy, yes. like the guy who kind of <laughs> yeah. looks like a gorilla. He's yeah. like pounding his chest. The old, the, it literally was like a blue and white yes. one or something. Yeah. 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 No, that was nah. sick. And remember like the sport was like outlawed and oh, like, you they could only fight in like Colorado casinos, or something. Colorado, other countries. Japan was like, you can come over here anytime you guys want. Yeah, yeah, because they had pride, yeah, the old, yeah. they had pride. pride. What do you think about some of the rules? Are, are like, would you rather see that there's just no rules, or or do you do you like to see some uh, like I've heard Joe Rogan talk about they should fight like on a basketball court. I've heard other people <laughs> say they should fight in a field. I, honestly, I think all of these are interesting ways. I don't think necessarily there needs to be one uh, way. Mm. One thing I will say there's with with um, MMA though, <laughs> you'll you'll uh, you know. And in jujitsu, a lot of times I love jujitsu and uh, I train, I still train gi every day. Um, one of the things, and, and you look we, gi. And we, we, <laughs> we, we, we <laughs> yeah, I had to throw that in there. I no, that, I set myself up. Um, but no, like one of the things that, you know, we talk about at our school though is yes, this is jujitsu, you're training self defense, but you also got to remember that. Somebody could still pull a knife. Somebody could still punch yeah. you. So a lot of these positions may not be practical on the street. You know, same same in MMA. If you think about it, you know, if I pull guard in a fight on the street, uh, you know, one that's cement. You know, two. Oh, well, he might know, have buddies. He who might stomp have your bu- fucking exactly. Hand, right? He's got buddies that stomp it. You know, so uh, I look at it as like you know I like the fact that you know Ryzen and uh, Pride had mm. the head kicks on the floor. Um, and and stomps and stuff like that because that if I was in a, in, in a life or death situation that's I'm throwing I might even pick up something and swing it at you you know yeah. like so that I I think that um, I would love to see uh, more of the original rules mm. um, maybe maybe Bellator Rising could could bring back the uh, the Wild West you know um, the same thing with all the the USADA and people you know doing steroids and stuff you know. Uh, it's a performance enhancing drug. Mm. You know, it, the whole, key, the key You're automatically uh, linked to being on steroid training, oh, yeah. super training. No, well, that's where everyone's like, hey, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. how'd you get so big? And I just, I tell them it's the B12 shots that you it's give me. It's the B12, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But, um. The B12 shots that are loaded with trend. Mm-hmm. But, um, but the biggest thing I think is, is uh, I would love to see uh, just the level playing field. So you're not going to ever get uh, the sport hundred percent clean. Right. Um, and I think that some of the Japan organizations has, have embraced it. Um, so that's kind of, you know, my next thing is I would like to eventually go and fight in Japan at Ryzen. Right. Um, so if you're listening, uh, old pride owner, I'm ready to go. 
Um, yeah. But um, but yeah, no, I think the UFC is also still very entertaining and the way they think, do things now. Um, you do, as a fighter, you want to protect your safety, you know, so you don't want to take a head kick on the ground if you're, but do you want to be the guy head kicking the guy yeah. on the ground, right? <laughs> so so it's it's a give or take. Um, I'm all for all of it. So the, the basketball court thing, I think would be awesome because that's another thing in a situation in a street. If somebody was uh, in a fight, you know, and I have the, the ability to run and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I can outrun you. I think so. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, I, I think, uh, the ultimate, th the ultimate thing about that is that it would really change like what the fighter looked mm -hmm. like, you know, mm -hmm. it's like maybe, maybe, maybe the size, maybe the size of the athlete would no longer matter at all. Yeah. If that was the case, if we had, if you had unlimited room and unlimited time. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe the size of the athlete wouldn't matter. I mean, take, uh, take like deadlifting, for example, right? If we, uh, you know, do, uh, reps with like 400 pounds, right? I can beat you on that. If we do reps with the bar, we don't know. We don't yeah. know what's going to happen. You know, if we just deadlift 45 pounds until somebody just fucking literally can't lift it anymore. Uh, now all of a sudden the odds increase in your favor, you know, challenge so, accepted. So, oh God. Could you imagine? <laughs> oh, like, man. even though it's just the bar, like that shit would hurt. We, oh. We've, we've done stuff like that with, uh, with bench press. I've, I've seen you guys do the 30 rep of bench press and, uh, yeah. that's with plates on it though. So, <laughs> Yeah, that, that, uh, that sucks. When I was, uh, training for some, uh, WWE type shit back in the day, I was training at a place called UPW Ultimate Pro Wrestling and they had a, um, they had a facility at, um, or they had, they had training at a, a place called LA Boxing and LA Boxing was in Huntington Beach. And that was, uh, I think that gym may have been owned by, uh, Tito Ortiz, or he had some affiliation with that gym or at least trained there here and there, whatever the case is, there was some MMA fighters there. Um, my, the guy who broke me in the wrestling business, Tom Howard, my coach, um, he did some fighting. He, a lot of guys would go over to Japan and they would do, uh, you know, pro wrestling stuff. They would do shoot stuff, which was kind of half pro wrestling, half, half of it yeah. real, you know? And it was, you, you, the, the, it was crazy because you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. Like when you went over to Japan, you weren't sure, <laughs> you know, what kind of match they were going to set you up with, but that then you would know by the way you got paid, mm -hmm. you'd wait, make a lot yeah. more to actually do a regular fight but um anyway these guys are always training hard they're always doing kickboxing and uh, jujitsu and all these different things and i started to become more familiar with it at that time and i've i've taken a little bit of jujitsu before and stuff like that and I, you know i was, had some familiarity with it but i didn't know always what they were doing you know mm -hmm. training wise so i go in there one day and i, I know they, they they have like these self-defense classes and stuff too you know where they're disarming people mm -hmm. of, front, of uh, you know baseball bats yeah. and things like that right so I walk in and these guys are screaming at each other and this guy's got a baseball bat and the other guy's got a knife. And I was like, oh shit, this is kind of cool. And I kind of like lean up against the ring and I start watching yeah. it. And then I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, this is fucking real. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, oh my God. I'm like, this is actually real. The guy's talking about like money that the other guy owed him or whatever. And it was just fucking crazy. The guy charged the other dude with a knife. The guy blocks it like something out of a goddamn, you know, Chuck Norris movie, flips the guy on the ground, gets the guy in an arm bar. Another guy comes flying over and it just starts this fucking melee of all these uh, fighters just fucking going at it. I was like, oh. 
like my brother was with me, my brother, mad dog. And we were just luckily not, he, he and I were involved yeah. in that fucking uh, ordeal, but we were just watching it. I think, uh, I think Cena might've been with us at the time. He, he was, uh, we, we got him involved in wrestling uh, at UPW, but we were just watching it and we were just fucking horrified. <laughs> we were like, Oh my God. But, had that been somebody who didn't know how to defend themselves, we would have saw somebody getting yeah, fucking yeah. Oh, yeah. shanked, you know, yeah. instead he fucking f flipped the guy on the ground. The, the other thing that happened when I was uh, in the in Southern California area is uh, the bar that I used to work at was um, kind of near Torrance, California, which is where uh, Hoist Gracie started his uh, jujitsu academy. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have any idea that that was right there. I didn't really know who was who and what was going on and, and all these different things. Um, one of the, one of the, uh, some of the fighters would come in every once in a while and I'd notice like the cauliflower mm -hmm. ear and, uh, one of the guys that would come in and I actually ended up training him for a while was Hegan Machado to so the Machado brothers. They had their own school and everything too. Um, but one of the guys that I worked with is like, he goes, dude, he's like, I don't know where you worked before or how it was, but he goes, never, never just grab anybody and never just chuck them out, man. He's like, it ain't worth it. And I was like, why dude? Like people carrying guns or knives? And he's like, no man, they know jujitsu. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I kind of knew about jujitsu, yeah. but I didn't know that much about it. I was like, really? I was like, well, what happened? Like if I just, he's like, they'll fucking choke your ass out. Somebody will fucking break your arm. I'm like, are you fucking serious? So he's like, dude, he's like, I'm dead serious. He's like, these little fuckers, man. Yeah. He's like, they'll yeah. be super strong because you don't fight that way. You don't know anything about it. You'll get fucked up. And it was actually like a few weeks later that somebody at one of the other bars went and grabbed somebody. And sure enough, the guy yeah. fucking just yanked on his arm and that was it. The guy's arm was hanging, you know, his shoulder was fucking out of socket or whatever the hell the guy did to the other guy. And it's like, it's a, uh, it's a pretty amazing craft to, to know, yeah. to be able to protect yourself in those, those situations, you know? That's, that's the best thing about knowing stuff like that is uh, you never, you know, you, how they say never judge a book by his cover. Um, you can have somebody that looks like a math teacher who is just nasty on the ground and you have no idea. And we have a lot of guys like yeah. that at Cassios who come in and you're like, you know, if I was at the bar right now, like, I'm like, oh, look at this. You, know, you get to uh, roll around with the natty professor every once in a while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's been probably training for about two years now, I think, mm -hmm. two and a half years. Um, and he is about three, four days a week. I mean, dude, he's in there, he, quite oh, a bit, he's right? in, there he, in there a lot. He's, he's putting in the time. Um, he's one of those, he, so he's a, a big guy. I would assume he's over 200 pounds. Yeah, oh, he's at least 250. Okay, so yeah, yeah he's, he's a big guy, huge. super strong, um, and he's learning small guy jujitsu. Yeah. So that to me, and I told him when, when you know, we started rolling, like, this isn't going to be fair when you start learning more and more because um, now you have the muscle, but you're yeah. learning that small guy technique. Um, so he's, he's doing real well over there. He's That's actually competed cool. quite a few times, won some gold medals. Um, now it got promoted to blue belt, I think. Oh, that's cool. About four or five months ago. So I know he's really, I know it, what's great to see is great to see somebody excited about something. You know, it's really cool for someone to try something new and for them to be enthusiastic about it. I don't think enough people try new shit. Well, and, and, and it's funny cause, uh, we, we were, when we were talking, we were like, yeah, it's, it's, you come over to jujitsu and now I'm going to your gym and we're like trading off. But it, it like you said, it's fun to try something yeah. new, um, be uncomfortable, you know, but 
you know. I definitely want to mess with some jujitsu yeah, for sure. So we got to get that, you in there. I know that, uh, you know, improving my flexibility would be just a, a major turning point in my life since I've never been flexible. Um, I've heard a lot of people say even just the simple act of fucking doing jujitsu, yeah. you will just become or, more flexible. Or some, some Turkish oil wrestling where, oh, yeah, where oil. you got the shorts and they got to dig into your Wait, shorts. Wait, what shorts are they? They're like these leather shorts that they're, you're all oiled up and how you get the guys, you got to dig your hand in What makes pants. it Turkish? <laughs> I don't know. Is it the oil? The way, the way that you, you know, get in there, I don't know. Maybe you had me at oil. Technique. Yeah, that's yeah. insane. Huh. But yeah, no, we need to get <laughs> I don't you know in, if this fits in my a, diet. We need to get you into Cassio's though or over at some jujitsu. Um, I think you'd be great at it. Like uh, I've heard he straightens people out every once in a while. <laughs> you know, it's funny is he does. That's what the master has yeah, to do that, right? Yeah, you know, That's... every now and then, you know. I like that. People come in with a, a chip on their shoulder and, mm. you know. A lot of times it doesn't have to be the master because we have yeah, so many yeah, guys. There's, so many guys are there's so like many. a chain of command. Uh, I try to jump at, at, at this and I'm yeah. like, oh, I'll get him, Cassio, don't worry. You know, but like it, it's it's one of those things where people get humbled right away and uh, it's a great sport to be in. Um, anything that you're really doing to better yourself, you know, it, you, you know, you gotta, you gotta put a hundred percent in. Who's your favorite fighter? <sighs> Frankie Edgar, maybe. I'd say Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar, man, that guy has some wars. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually an interesting thing, uh, that even a lot of fighters, they learn all these techniques and, and obviously Frankie, Frankie Edgar technique wise, he knows a ton right but a lot of times the people that we admire the most are always these guys that just throw bombs and get into these crazy wars right mm -hmm. well so current active fighter frankie edgar i uh should have said this first the ice man there you go the ice yeah, man we chuck love, liddell we love the ice yeah. man the ice man was uh was awesome you know we had him on the podcast and that'll be released soon but i i also uh i love that he was just he was just so fired up mm -hmm. He was so fired up the whole time. Some of those, so those, those guys were the original legends. Yeah. The, the, that was like a perfect time. You know, the, the sport been around it long enough to where it wasn't as savage as it was in the very beginning. At least there was some development of some weight classes or some development, some rules, uh, which I, I, you know, I liked when there was less rules and stuff. And I liked when there was less weight classes, but at the same time, I like watching the sport and I know too many people in the sport. I don't want to see people getting fucking hurt. It's good to see some good, clean knockouts and things like that. But it, you know, it sucks to see somebody get real permanent damage oh, yeah. uh, done to them. So I think at that time in the sport, it, it was just perfect, man. It was uh Well, and you had guys like great BJ fighters. Penn fighting at light heavyweight. <sighs> BJ Penn, who was the 155 champion, I think it was, and maybe 170, he fought at light heavyweight. Kenny Florian fought at 185 when he's a 145er. Guys were doing whatever they could Kenny to fight. They Florian didn't care. Was so fucking good. Savages. He's so, so good. So, 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 I mean- don't get me wrong. The MMA game has evolved and there are a lot of up and coming killers and, and the evolution of the game is, is totally different. But just thinking about those guys and how savage they were, Chuck Liddell, every time he fought, man, you knew it was about to be. There's some sports that, that go through evolution and, and sometimes the evolution of the sport, um, it just, le it just leads you into a different time. You know, uh, it reminds me of strongman. Mm -hmm. it, you go back and, uh, you know, anytime one of these strongman uh, things pops up from like the 70s, it's fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. It's the coolest thing you ever seen in your life because it's, 
it's not dudes off the street, but they'll pick uh, professional wrestlers. They'll, they had uh, professional football players. You have like Lou Ferrigno and uh, Franco Colombo competing with like Ken Patera, who's like an Olympic wrestler, Olympic uh, weightlifter, first guy, first American put 500 pounds over his head uh, and also a professional wrestler. So you get these, this dynamic of, of all these guys from all over the place mixed in with uh, the greatest power lifter of all mm -hmm. time or mixed in with this guy or that guy. And it was so much fun to watch. And the guy's like hauling a bus or yeah. something. It's like, or he's, you know, They're throwing these, the trains. And yeah, things. pulling yeah, the yeah. train. They almost like pull it on top of themselves because they didn't know how to set up the yeah. stuff for for being safer and this sport was similar where uh you know a lot like there's tank abbott yeah you know mm -hmm. it's like would i don't even know if tank abbott would win any fights now uh, you know it's, i mean it, i love tank abbott yeah. i love watching him knock people out he was amazing but you know i i don't know like people are so skillful now that, you know frank that, Mir or somebody would put him down evolved. and snap his arm right? oh yeah that's that's the game that's evolved is you know and like you said with sport is going to evolve you know pro wrestling same way you know uh ev everything evolves you know uh and you'll see you know each each i guess generation yeah. you'll see uh, a better and better quality fighter that doesn't mean that these guys weren't just savages but you know like you said right. they're the level's changing and you're seeing a lot more exciting fights and people just have to be more well-rounded tank abbott was you know knocking dudes out and you know if i ran into him in the bar i'd be looking at the other way hmm. um you know i'm not trying to start trouble with him tank um, abbott was fucking big and he was angry i he, love this knockout oh shit <laughs> to look at his oh, leg yeah. what yeah he's got he's getting a good stretch there is that though. ken That's or frank oh no. it's not oh no, it's, not it's uh guy oh guy metzger there you go wow but oh, it's like man. how his See leg that? gets look, pinned he he they these guys threw with reckless abandon. You know what's crazy too? It's like uh, it's like legend versus legend. You know, you're like like Jesus Christ. Guy Metzger was awesome too. He was oh, a, yeah. he was a champion. Oh, it's, people forget Nick Diaz, uh, Takanorigomi. Uh, you know, uh, I've ran and I've you know talked with him a few times. Uh, Dan Severn and uh, Dan the Beast Severn, Don Fry, even like those guys. Don are Fry, crazy. Don, Don Fry with that epic fight. Uh, People, do yourselves a favor and watch that fight where he fights the Japanese guy. Uh, it's on YouTube. He fights that guy. That guy's huge, I'm trying too. to remember his name that guy's like, my head. Yeah. Well, if you just type in Don Fry, it's going to fucking yeah, it, pop it's, up. It'll be the first fight to I pop think up. Don Fry was the first guy to put um, Vitor Belfort. I think he was the first. Or maybe it was Randy Couture. One of the guys, like Vitor Belfort was on a just tear. He oh, just yeah. fucking destroyed everybody. Remember he came young in and smoked. Young Vitor too. Yeah, yeah young he smoked Vitor. Tank Abbott. He smoked this guy. He smoked that guy. Then I think he got on too much shit and he got too big. Mm -hmm. I remember he came in one of the UFCs. He was like 235 yeah. or 240 and he was all traps. And I was like, this ain't going to work yeah. out so good. His, he got his a, started like yeah. home. Randy Couture was a goddamn savage. I mean. That was another one of my favorites. Uh. Yeah, so I love the professionalism school, of uh, Randy Couture, you know. Yeah, back in high school, my wrestling our wrestling coach uh, from uh, Wilcox, he he lost to Kurt Angle for the Olympic trials, I believe it was. Wow. Good friends with. Uh, We're working on getting Couture. Kurt Angle on the podcast too. Oh, that'd be that'd a be good sick. one. But um, yeah, he was good friends with all of them, and it was funny because we he taught econ classes to us and we just start talking about fights and all of a sudden the books are closed and <laughs> there's no lecture um but yeah he would tell me that you know these you know couture tito all these guys like he wrestled with you know they're just 
you know, crazy guys who who want to com keep competing. And, and if it wasn't for that, I mean, where would this sport be? You know, if it wasn't for Tito Couture, uh, Liddell, you know, how many fights yeah. did he have with Tito? And uh, I mean, shoot, it was it was just great times back then. So was Randy Couture just an anomaly? Like he did it longer and harder than anybody, right? Yeah, I think he won the heavy, was it light heavyweight, heavyweight belt yeah. at 46. He, you know, he might've been, uh, just on a different level. Um, I know he was fucking rough and stuff when he fought, but like his wrestling was so good that maybe he was able to protect himself a little bit better than yeah. some other fighters. You know? I, I honestly think, and, and, and this isn't a jab at any other sport. Um, I didn't wrestle a lot Jesus, before high school. There he is I didn't wrestle a lot Vitor before MMA. Oh, yeah. Oh. But um, one of the biggest uh, things I think that transitioned well into, into MMA is uh, wrestlers. The, the work ethic yeah. those kids uh, have yeah. throughout from, from six, seven years old, all the way through high school to, to you know, all American, you know, when they're, when they're doing, uh, you know, wrestling for college, um, the, the mindset they carry transfers better, I think, in, in MMA. They do um, a lot of unconventional stuff in wrestling too. Those like neck bridges and stuff. Those yes, are things yes. that like you would never, never in a million years would you be even allowed to take somebody's uh, 13 year old kid and have to do some of these fucking crazy ass neck That's bridges. The funny know? thing is I have teammates that they're like, I don't know how these parents, parents are, they're paying me to just beat the shit out of their kids pretty much. <laughs> and then they come and pick them up two hours later, That's you know? And, they, and so, uh, I mean, honestly, I wish I, I grew up more doing wrestling. Um, I got caught mm. onto it later later on yeah um but like i said it transfers well to it um to mma um not that boxing and all that doesn't but you um like you said back to your question with randy couture and, and avoiding shots and being able to do it for so long we forgot another one uh dan henderson but both guys had high level wrestling and were able to avoid shots avoid getting knocked out so many times um that i think yeah i think it it, it took a big part in, in the longevity of the And it's pre-USADA days too. Hey, let, let's not downgrade <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't care what, I think they were no, all they're, clean. They're avoiding, they were all clean. Even if they yeah. were, they not, they still avoided those heavy shots. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, well, even, even if, the you know, I think all of them are 100% clean. I think once USADA came in, I think they actually uh, introduced steroids to, to UFC. <laughs> that makes <laughs> sense. Know? Like, yeah. hey guys, you're, you should be taking this, but we're going to test you for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the, uh, it, a lot of the, you know, fighting that went on in like pride, you would see the guys balloon up a little bit. You'd oh, be like, man. oh shit. Like all of a sudden a guy gains like 10 pounds in his neck. It's and like, what are you like, doing? Oh, ate horse meat. It's yeah. the horse meat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Mexican. Goat meat, milk. You know, it has. Yeah. Clint in it. Now I know where <laughs> I'm getting steaks from. Canelo, if you watching this. Yeah. Um, yeah. I could use some cattle. Yeah. I, and I love what, watching the Triple fights. G said that he during the fight he can see his like tracks in his arm and shit oh yeah that's that's the thing is you know if you can't be you know oblivious to the sport you know at, at the highest level of any sport there's gonna be uh like, like they say if you're not cheating you're not trying mm. right. um but and it's you know, not cheating unless you get caught exactly exactly like uh <laughs> you know there's so many different things i remember hearing on a Ooh. podcast uh they were talking about the john jones thing recently and um, the guy from Balco with the Barry Bonds and yeah. the scandal, he came out and said Victor that Conti. he Conti. thinks that they were microdosing testosterone. And that just opens up a whole mm -hmm. book of worms for me because then I'm like, 
you know, how many of these guys are probably microdosing testosterone then, you know. For, and where do I get it? Well, and that, was, that was my <laughs> next question. And I've been coming to well, super training for so long. And the fact that I haven't been offered anything yet, yeah, you're it's so just beyond me. I'm looking for the guy with the fanny pack, you know, but I haven't found him yet. Cool. I'm glad you found that part of the script right there. He's, he's some, <laughs> he's somewhere, you know, it makes a it makes a huge difference. Um, you know, people always talk about your recovery. Uh, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know how much it helps in your like recovery. Um, but steroids, one thing that they do is they can make you more aggressive, not like, I'm mad aggressive um, gives you like almost a sense of euphoria when you go to pick something up. Just think about this. You go to pick something up and you're able to manhandle it. That automatically gives your body some positive mm -hmm. feedback. And so if you go to pick up like a sandbag in the gym, you go to pick up some dumbbells in the gym and you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, this feels good. You actually get a pump a little bit sooner. Mm -hmm. So it kind of creates a euphoria. Um for you that gets you kind of into that almost heightened zone it's almost like it's not just a mental drug obviously but uh it feels like especially uh after doing it for many years it feels like uh that's one area where it's really doing almost the most for but i'll tell you there's a huge difference between uh having your levels elevated and having them not elevated because over the last about year and a half or so my levels have not been uh elevated beyond a uh an average range mm -hmm. you know i i've still used i use some trt um but my i have not you know tried to take more than what's been prescribed to me and so therefore um actually when i started getting my blood work done uh, in the beginning my blood work was worse uh taking stuff and being on stuff for years uh, than it was before i ever even touched anything mm. my like estrogen levels were higher i was like man i'm turning into a girl <laughs> but that's because <laughs> Can't i blame I, that on that though. <laughs> yeah it's just because i want to be you a female. always wanted to <laughs> mm -hmm. uh but a lot of it just had to do with uh you know you you alter what your body can do forever yeah, yeah. and that's that's a huge warning thing that I, well, and I no, nobody to wants to degress. No, nobody no. wants to, no. uh, you know, I, I know guys that are bicycle riders or swimmers that, you know, uh, actually one of my guys that I teach boxing to has Parkinson's, uh, he does Alcatraz swims and all those. And he, you know, his biggest thing is he doesn't want to be able to stop, you know, and they, and they worry about that. And everyone worries about, you know, when it's going to be time to hang it up and stuff. Um, you know, and that happens eventually, but yeah. you know, that's where, where, you know, like you said, the TRT and things like that, you know, I think, you know, if, if we can keep people, you know, active as long as they can, we should be allowing it and not making it a crime, you know, and then we're going to prescribe, you know, let's say, you know, like painkillers though. We don't mind doing that. We don't mm. mind selling alcohol, uh, you know. But we mind, you know, people being healthier and being able to perform better, you know, that I don't, yeah. I don't understand that. Nico, where can I find info about your next fight? So my next fight is uh, this weekend, uh, March 24th, Saturday at Dragon House in San Francisco at the Keysar Pavilion. Um, there is a pay-per-view stream. Uh, I believe if you go on dragonhouse.com or Dragon House MMA, you should be able to find it. I also post a lot of things about my fights. So um, you can find me on Instagram at Nico Lozada, um, Facebook at Nico Guerrero Lozada. It's spelled just like Guerrero. Um, mm -hmm. But Portuguese, so we we changed it up a little bit. I just call him Nico Lasagna. Makes yeah. it easier. Nico Lasagna, always frozen, never fresh. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah, DragonHouseMMA.com. Can people still get tickets right now? Yeah, yeah. Um, contact me if you need tickets. Um, I believe they still have some online. Um, but if you know, contact me. We can get you guys a little discount. Get you out there. Um, 
you know, I'd love to have everyone out there, you know, I want to thank Super Training uh, and Mark yeah, and no everyone problem. here at Super Training for, for pushing me through this camp. Um, I feel great. Um, for those of you, you know, looking into wanting to get into fitness or MMA, you know, like we said, just do the work, get in there. Um, uh, but yeah, thank you for having me and thank you for all the support and pushing me through this camp. No problem, man. And you have a uh, a food prep company as well. I do. Um, for so you're a busy fucking guy. Yes, yeah. Forklifter food. So uh, we we deliver fee, uh, meals to the Northern California area, so Sacramento, yeah, uh, Greater Sacramento area. Um, none of our food's frozen. We uh, we cook everything the day of mm. the delivery. Um, cook twice a week to your order, um, and it's cool. all healthy. It's all healthy food. We. Um, we portion it out for you. We deliver it to your work, business, gyms. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to get uh, get into that too, you can find us at Forklifter Food or ForklifterFoodTruck.com. We own both sites, so it will direct you. And gotcha. uh, yeah, that's fucking cool, man. How'd you get into that? Uh, I was actually a sponsored athlete, and the the company was going to be closing up, and I I had brought a lot of clients before, and I had teammates that brought clients. So um, it was one of those things where I just put all my eggs in that basket and jumped in and. Um, it was a struggle at first, but, uh, luckily, you know, with the help of, uh, you know, the people around me and my team, um, it, we're oh, doing cool. great and, uh, we're about to be in a bunch of different gyms here soon. So, awesome. um, look, things are looking great for us right now. Fucking great, man. All right. Awesome. Having you on the show. Strength Thank is you. Never I really weakness. appreciate it. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.